You've got it already? I do. All right. I do. All right, Kate, we're going to do this thing. We're going to do this thing. It's going to happen. You don't. What? Warning. 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 Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Melissa Kirscher and Wendy Bowlesby. another episode of Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome and I am Wendy and that is Melissa and we are joined once again by our erudite erudite and lovable guest Kelvin Hatley Kelvin wave at the audience hi I'm erudite (laughs) (laughs) I I use words that are really really um, uh, big Erudite is not a big word. Not particularly. Aaron Sorkin uses it in mm. primetime television, and probably most people don't know what it means, and that's okay it's because a, it's Aaron Sorkin. It's not like propinquity or something like Ooh, that. Ooh, I love that word. That's a good one. I'm not even entirely sure what it means, but I just like saying it. Propinquity, it Pro- means you have a predilection towards something. Predilection's a good one. I, I know, right? I, I do have a lot of propinquities, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, as for propinquities... Uh, now I'm probably using the word wrong, because I always we, do when I'm drunk. We will be talking tonight about bad movies. And dun, the love dun, dun. of bad movies. Yeah. Now, we have talked about action movies that are smarter than they appear. So now it's time to talk about dumb, bad movies that are actually very lovable. Well, or we love them for some reason. For their sheer audacity, for the what the fuckedness, for their originality, my, and their horribleness. My definition for... of, a, of, a, of a cult movie was always like, you can totally see all the flaws in it and you don't care. That's, That's good. a good definition. That you ju- that you just uh, um, there's something about the the craziness of it or the or the or the that weird becomes or, a selling point rather yeah. than a detraction. Yeah. Propinquity means nearness, which I did know, and that is why it also means predilection. Because if you have if you are near to it, you are likely to incline yes. towards it. Okay. Right. So I have a propinquity towards loving musicals because yes. the nearer I get to a musical the more I'm gonna love it <laughs> it's a proximity effect. right now this wine has Ooh. a propinquity to my mouth <laughs> proximity and propinquity there. and predilection are all p words that are very personally satisfying so what we have been drinking and have already killed <laughs> is our second bottle of is red our wine. second bottle of red wine of the night it's from the Gaucho Club. The it's Gaucho Club, because I'm in a club that wears gauchos. Gauchos. I, 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 I like the idea that it's like there's there's a thing like the Playboy Club, only it's the Gaucho Club. We're you, just served by but women and like. Does anybody like else remember gauchos? They were like a thing briefly in the seventies. Oh, yeah. They were a, a particular a, type of pants. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, I'm That's good sort with of gauchos. Pants I had thing. gauchos too. Yeah. I'm yeah. good with them. So uh, Gaucho Club makes a fine oak cask Malbec. Uh, it is a product of Argentina, and it I rather like it. It's, I quite like it. I, I like, like it better. Pretty. I like it better than the Tempranillo that we killed last episode. Yeah. Yes. No. It, it, uh, it's spicy and bold. Yes. The, the, fir- mm. the first. Sip Which is I how had I like it. my Argentinians. <laughs> Arriba. All, um. <laughs> all, of, all of the Argentinians I've met. How many Argentinians? I don't think met? I've met any. Ar- okay, if I ever meet an Argentinian, I really hope that he or she. Is spicy and bold. Yeah, I, I, I have no time for those excessively drab and boring Argentinians. Seriously, who wants that? <laughs> Nobody needs a bland Argentinian. <laughs> Hello, I am Jose from Buenos Aires, and uh, I, I am an accountant. <laughs> I'm, 
<laughs> you know what's weird is that is exactly where my brain went. Argentinian accountant would be the like epitome of like a bland accountant. There's got to be a few. I mean, there well they have to be, but then yeah. they're. I feel like they've given up their soul. I, I want to. I want to believe that there are secret accountant clubs that are like the wildest fucking things ever. And they like <laughs> seriously get down. I yeah. And they like swap partners. Yeah, and, I, and and they talk dirty in math. I, I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> There's math. There are math jokes that are sexual. Yeah. I, I bet there are. I would there love it. Are. I would love it if there was a magazine When called... they say parabola, ooh, shit gets real. I don't know if they deal with parabolas in No, they too. don't really, but I like the word parabola. Bell curves. Parabola is good. Ooh, bell curve. Bell curve. Bend it I, on over, yeah. I, I, I would love it if there was a, uh, a magazine called like Accountants Weekly. And it was, but it was like Entertainment Weekly or something, where it's like this big glitz stuff, like, look at all these awesome accountants doing. <laughs> oh my god, they used this formula. Yeah. What? This is the latest fad. So tonight, dear listeners, because we have Kelvin Hatley, that means we have to talk about bad movies. Pretty much. And the yeah. enjoyment thereof. Yes. And the enjoyment of bad movies because there is a peculiar enjoyment for the truly awful movie. There is that mediocre movie that fuck you and yes I'm flipping off the yeah. microphone. Because gestures are great radio. Gestures are great radio. You know, Fuck you because mediocre is just bland. No, but when you, when you go either way, way down to where it's just awful or just fucking commit to it so hard... Like Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> which is a terrible movie. Oh, yeah. But Jeremy Irons is chewing that up. He, like, takes that magical staff and he just, like, like an ear of corn. He's just, and he's just chewing it up and down. He's like, I'm Jeremy Irons, Oscar winner, and I'm acting the fuck out of this script. Somewhere, I I can't remember where, but I read, like, his acting performance in that movie was like, like he was chewing urine-flavored gum. I was in a play once where the choreography was so terrible and I checked in with my fellow dancers and we all felt the same. The only way to get through the choreography was to put on a rictus grin, right? Mm. Not just a smile, yeah. but just an all the way of, I am so horrified by what I'm doing right now. The only way to get through it is to just oh, look man. like I want to chew your face up. <laughs> Yay. So I kind of understand your Irons pain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is more you two. Yeah, this is more I Melissa this and Kelvin's. This is our Ballywick. Yeah. This is your Ballywick. I do have some movies on there that are my oh, particular. Oh yeah, yeah. We we will we will get uh, these. Well, these are just some ones we wanted to. In, in the mention. in the in the interest of inclusiveness, should we just start with the apple? Yeah, we, we should start well. with the apple because it, the apples. Because there's so. There's where so do you much. even begin with the apple? And when they say inclusiveness, they mean look, it's a musical. Wendy loves it. <laughs> Wendy at least knows about this well, well, one. Well, yes. well, 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 one of the things that I always jumps out about the apple to me is that, well, well, a couple of things. One, if you can deal with the stylistic nature of the music, you know, that sort of last gasp of disco. Beginning, beginning of, beginning sort of, of alternative like, funk. Beginning of like arena rock and yet still musical Broadway on some level. If you can deal with that combination of elements, I think the music's actually good. It is actually. Mm-hmm. You know I mean it's uh, not let me it's not hummable, but it is certainly effective. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing is uh, usually when you see like a movie that's just a berserk mess, you, you, you can <laughs> kind of see like in the actors like how they're kind of embarrassed or they're, like like Everyone in this movie is completely committed and they're completely think oh, they're doing yeah. the greatest movie ever. Oh yeah. I never ever ever want to equate Xanadu with a bad film. <laughs> and yet, to your point, Kelvin, yeah. in the finale of Xanadu, there is a point where Gene Kelly is roller skating and dancing and you can see the despair in his eyes. <laughs> yes, mm. it's true. As it's true. I'm in this film and it's probably my last one. And it's this. And God it's help this. me. <laughs> and oh heavens, what has happened to my life? But he got to wear like uh, you know, dress up in that sort of uh, 
Zoot suit Kim kinda, outfit yeah, thing in that dressing scene. I love that scene. That scene is bizarre. All over the world. All over the world. Well, I, I, I have a certain fondness for Xanadu because I was a huge ELO fan. ELO and the and, music, the soundtrack yeah. is the fucking bomb. I, I, I own the soundtrack. I, 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 never, I only saw the movie for the first time like a few years ago, but I had the soundtrack when I was a kid. You only saw the movie for the... Why was I not there? I think you were there. Was I there? But we're getting off topic. We were talking about The Apple, which is a fascinating movie in that it starts with the biggest production values. The opening number. Yeah. And it has crowds of thousands and there's choreographed dance and it's huge. And you're just like, what is this movie and how have I not heard of it? And then by the end. And it's sci-fi. And it's, it's, it's. It's, it's dystopian. And it's set and in the distant future of 1994. <laughs> and it's... It, it, and it's got it's the mark of the beast because got, you've got your bim mark. Yeah, and it's, 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 it's a biblical allegory thing. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, when I discovered that, my head just about exploded. Because Kelvin didn't uh, let me in on uh, any of this when uh, we watched it for the first time. I showed you, it to wait, her and you, like... You missed it the first time you watched it? No, 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 no. no I, I, I'd I, never I, seen it before and Kelvin showed it to me. I showed it to her, but I didn't like really describe anything about yeah. it. Just like, I went in just cold. watch this. It's like and and it's like wow, what the fuck is this? Why have I never seen it? What the hell? And then I could just watch the production values slowly Me sink think- into the ground. Oh, you used all your money for the opening number, and by, now by the finale, it's a bunch of hippies in a park with a video <laughs> camera. And God comes down from the heavens in a Cadillac and takes the hippies to heaven. The end. Because <laughs> secretly, every hippie wants a Cadillac. Yeah. They want to go to heaven in a caddy yeah another thing that's fascinating about the apple is just like how obscure it was until i think pretty recently i mean yeah, recently, I, like about five seven years ago it, well, it's yeah, like it okay exploded it, on the I, 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 a, a disco I musical uh science fiction movie it's like i at some point i would have heard of this i think it appeared on netflix streaming and somebody stumbled across it and it went viral yeah. I oh my god, have you guys seen this? Have, have you seen this? Oh my god, have yeah. you seen I, I this? Because it's been know, on Netflix for ages. I know uh, the cult of the Apple is... Uh, th- there's a gay element to it. There's a gay element to disco? Are you shitting me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, it was like... It, 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 it had that sort of camp, uh, you know... That, 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 that weird wave of musicals that happened right at the end of the 70s and the early 80s were like, oh, wait, disco's a thing. Quick, make musicals. Oh, wait, disco so, stopped being a thing, but here's the movie anyway. So let's <laughs> talk about Can't Stop the Music. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Where, wherein the village people decided to make a movie with Steve Gutenberg. And, and, and Bruce roller Jenner. Skates and, and Bruce roller Jenner. skating. There was a whole genre of roller skating movies. Yes. In the and late, that's in one the of them. Skate Town USA. Skate Town USA is Ro- brilliant. Roller boogie people. It <laughs> has Linda Blair of the Exorcist fame. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, have you seen Skate Town USA? I have not. But have you seen oh, Roller Boogie? I have. Okay, that Skate, makes it okay. Skate Town USA is the first Patrick Swayze role. What? I know, right? He plays the villain. He plays the villain. And it's a dance-off in the roller boogie place. Ah! And clearly, and and the villain has to win. Has like to this, win. It's like this villainous gang of like leather-jacketed toughs who are all roller skaters. <laughs> roller skating dancers. It's I'm, like so I'm tough, and, I'm and, tough, you can tell, because I know how to use my jazz hands for defense. And and so and so the good guy goes on and he does his, his dance, which is pretty good. Melissa and, is and, dancing in her and, chair, people. And, and, uh, <laughs> and it's not nearly as good as what I'm doing. No, I'm just kidding. And and then and there's a, the whole deal about this movie is that the bad guy is trying to win the dance competition by nefarious means, but then Patrick Swayze, the bad guy, comes out and does his sexy belt dance, and it is a sexy belt. It dance. is a sexy. He belt whips dance. off his belt and does this whip thing with his belt because while dancing. Because Patrick Swayze can fucking dance. Does he, he can fucking dance? Actually dance. And he's better yeah. than anything else in that movie. It's like, why do you even have to? It, 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 nefarious means to win because one, you're it's, awesome. It's one of those weird things where it's like this quickie exploitation dumb movie, but then here's a guy who's going to be a star who's like just in it, and you can kind of tell, and it's sort of weird. Like that guy there. That guy's yeah. awesome. Who is that yeah. guy? Dear listeners, Skate Town USA is batshit crazy, and if you can get your hands on it, it is a gem to watch. 
So can we go back to Can't Stop the Music? Because I really feel like yeah. we need to unload about Can't Stop the Music. Yeah, the we... Village People movie with Steve Gutenberg and the the Filipino playing the Native American and the was there a magic element? I can't remember. And then there's the leather daddy singing Danny Boy on top of yes. the what? Yeah, the the yeah. leather man for the village people, his audition piece to join the village people is he sings Danny Boy. Oh, it's like a yes, like a genuine heartfelt Danny Boy. The pipes, the pipes are. And calling. you're like, why is this? Excuse me while I bend over. Could you loop me up <laughs> <laughs> from Glen to Glen? <laughs> because seriously, the gay was. Not even thinly veiled on the other oh, no. people. Oh no! Oh sweet oh, Jesus! No. Although apparently the black guy was straight. Mm. Good for him. And yeah. I mean seriously, you gotta oh, yeah. be comfortable with yourself to to join a group. You're like, I want fame so badly. I'm willing to let people think I'm gay at a time where that will get me killed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, and that Although, movie. You know, and that the, movie. The village people had two great hits that were super catchy. Oh yeah, they were a fun. Band. Oh totally. I yeah. love I love doing DDR to in the Navy. In the Navy. <laughs> but 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 that, and 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 that and can't stop the music directed by Nancy Walker. Oh God! It was. Oh my God! The only movie she ever directed, the, Nancy Walker, the 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 comedian, the comedian woman, yeah. That you know that your ur geek status is totally established. The the, the sort of how do you describe Nancy Walker? Was uh, acting persona, but but you know I mostly know her from her like seventies character actress work where she kind of played like the sort of crabby woman who smoked a lot. <laughs> okay, so so following on this bad eighties musical thing, I'd like to hit upon Kiss. What, Kiss meets Phantom of the Park is one of them. Oh my god! What, a movie. what else did you have in mind? I also had Voyage of the Rock Aliens in mind. Okay, I don't know that one. Voyage, but I know Kiss okay. and, but Voyage. Voyage first. Okay, Voyage of the Rocky Aliens is, is is pretty incredible. Is is amazing because you can tell the studio wanted Devo and the Stray Cats, but could not get them. <laughs> so they had like the the C list versions of both bands. Yeah, and, and Piazzadora. And Piazzadora. <laughs> And an inexplicable cameo by Jermaine Jackson. What? I'm not kidding. Jermaine Jackson shows up the movie. For, for, a, for a rock video that has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. But anyway, Devo... Jermaine Jackson is a sign of quality. So, <laughs> so, so fake Devo comes to Earth. They're, they're, they're supposed to be aliens. In a spaceship. Fake Devo. Hence the rock aliens part well, of the title. Well, well they, have that, they have that like synth pop robotic kind of sound and they, yeah, they're yeah, all yeah. dressed alike. Yeah. Rock lobster. Yeah. Hey, wait, no, well, that's, that's B-52s. So, and they probably had a fake <laughs> version of the B-52s in there, but I was drunk at the time. And But there, it's, it is this weird ass rock musical... It's goofy as hell, kind of in the beach movies tone. Yeah. Only oh. it was made in the 80s with Pia Zadora. And you can tell they couldn't afford the people that they wanted, so they just kind of got the low-rent version of all of them. <laughs> and I do own the the double album soundtrack, and it's on my iPod. What? what and wait, and, wait, and, what, and hold on, what, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I do, I do, I do, I do. And one of the two albums is entirely remixes of the Piazzadora and Jermaine Jackson duet. <laughs> there are like 18 remixes of this fucking song on my iPod, and every once in a while one of them pops up and I go, God damn it, why doesn't this go away? And yet I never And, I never and it also it. it also stars uh, Ruth Gordon as the local sheriff. Oh, yeah, I forgot <laughs> and, about that. And uh, I don't know if you know Michael Berryman. Yes. Michael Berrien is, is like a random like chainsaw psycho killer who's just in the movie for some reason. Yeah, he shows up for like five minutes <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. Oh my god. It it's astounding. <laughs> but it's this this bright candy colored 80s comedy. Just dumb as hell. Yeah, oh it, it is. It is it is it's super, super dumb. <laughs> oh, and then there's like the I tentacle okay. monster that attacks the high school. You or something. Have- oh yeah. You have to post one of the Jermaine Jackson Pia Zadora remixes on the website and or the Facebook. Oh, I will. Because, <laughs> oh, I will. I'll do one a week for like a year because there's that many of them. Such a thing is in the world, and I have not known this. 
my life has been incomplete till now, but thank you, Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. You have made me complete. They will curse our lives. You see, it's one of the, you know, that's one of the things that kind of keeps making me watch movies like this is just like, you cannot plan a movie like that. Oh, no, no, no. You can't, like, like that sort of shit just happens. Seriously work and engineer a, a movie that's that insane. It it, just, it, it's a they true, just spring out of the ground. It's a it. true art of accidents. And yeah. it, it's, it, it's a truly rare occurrence to find one that is truly terrible and yet also enjoyable. Because there are many bad movies that are just plain bad, and they're not interesting and they're bad. Not they're not interesting fun bad. bad. They're just bad. They're just bland. But they're, they're just, just but they're like, made. we have to fill out the second half of this double bill. And it's but, just bland yeah. and poorly made. Yeah. And, and I boring. And boring. And you're like, I'm not willing to commit to this anymore. And we've already talked about this, but like, Fateful Findings, a lot of people were willing to stick with it a lot longer than I was, and I got bored. Yeah, but Fateful Findings, I, okay, so going, giving context to this, Fateful Findings is the third film by a director named Neil Breen, who is like this generation's Ed Wood, I think. He is... He's pretty astoundingly... He's terrible. astoundingly terrible filmmaker, but and, he's... And astoundingly ego-filled. Yeah, he is apparently a real estate agent in Las Vegas who also decided to make movies one day, and all of his films... I know what I'll do. I'll make a movie. All of the films star himself as some sort of <laughs> messiah character who also is a god at computer programming. And you know this because he throws laptops around. Yeah, he apparently has like 18 laptops at home and he likes throwing them at things. Because and this happens in all of his movies. Yeah, he, he can he conveys like work, working on on government secrets by having like a guy with like three laptops and eight cell phones, and he just kind of randomly pokes the buttons on all of them. None of them are on. None of them are. None of them are clearly off. off, and they're all clearly about. 20 years old. Yeah, they're they're like old compacts. From they're the as mid-90s. useless as a doorstop. <laughs> and and it, it, <laughs> so I mean you can get double down from Netflix the DVD service right now, but otherwise it's really hard to find. And it's just a plain bad it, it, pretty it, bad movie. It's it's mostly but, interesting just as like a display for for me. It's mostly interesting as just a display of like one man's bizarre ego. But his third film Faithful Findings combines that with almost perfect anti-timing. It, it, the yeah. timing is balls terrible. I yeah. Mean, it's just no, like... The, if, if I was watching every single shot, the first time I saw this, I was watching every single shot going, what is the exact wrong time? What is the wrongest time you could cut this shot? Right there. Okay. Uh, it's right there. I could call it. It, 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 it is... Seriously. It is the... It is like a textbook example of exactly how not to do any of Ser- it. Seriously, you could like tack the film uh, up on a wall and throw a meat cleaver at it from across the room, <laughs> and it will be better edited than this movie. <laughs> oh, oh, and oh. and and and, and, and yeah, we're it, talking about it as movies that we find an odd fashion. And yet, I've seen it like three times. So sometimes, so, you know, sometimes a movie is just so bad that the only emotional reaction you can have to it is awe. And it's just like, of, how can this even be possible? And you know? sort of an affection of, oh, you were really going for it. Yeah. You. Yeah. It, 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 and, you know, you can look at Faithful Findings and go, this man made a feature film. I haven't made a feature film. Who am I to judge? Yeah, yeah. really. For all I know, Seriously. I would make one just as shitty. Well, so I would like to believe and, and, and not. Although, although I would probably have better chemistry with anybody I'd cast. And, in yeah, that oh movie. my god, oh my god. Well, that yeah. that and and just stuff like uh, you know dinner table scenes, and they all say like, "Thank you for inviting me to dinner," and it's it, it it's just plain plates. There's no food on the table. silverware. There's no food on the table. There's no water or anything in any of the glasses. There's no... This dinner looks great or something. Yeah, wait. Wasn't that the film where there was the empty conference room with nobody there except the one guy? Yeah, and that that was supposed to be... He's meeting his psychiatrist in like a conference room. With a really big, long (laughs) desk. Yeah, his his psychiatrist is an asshole. But but then he got to make him feel welcome. And then he got a different psychiatrist, and that 
was just like a plain white wall with two folding chairs up against it and they sat <laughs> facing each other. Oh I God. understand the difficulties this is like, of low-budget filmmaking, but come on. Okay, th- there, there's much made of the film Birdemic in the... Yeah. I mean, this is like Birdemic level, even maybe a notch lower than it, Birdemic. It's cheaper than Birdemic. It is cheaper than Birdemic. Birdemic had... Birdemic has a much more berserk kind of quality to it. Oh. And you can, uh, you can tell at least one of the actors is fighting for her dear life. <laughs> oh, just yeah. surviving that movie. Yeah, yeah in Birdemic or in Birdemic. Yeah, the, the female lead there, is doing everything she can to like try and make that something. Yeah, she, something. she's doing her best, man. But my God, that 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 nightclub scene is still amazing in Birdemic for me. I yeah. I have that song on my iPod. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I, it's like everybody's hoping grab will make their favorite dish. <laughs> it's like this. And it's like a song about. Partying at grandma's house. And partying at grandma's house, and yet there, it, it sounds like a family reunion, but the person singing is hoping to get lucky or something. I can't understand. Okay, this. you gotta post the song it's, on the webpage as part of the show notes. I will. And and the scene is filmed like like he just took security camera footage. At, at like a because TGI like, Friday. At, at a TGI Friday's because the camera's just kind of swinging back and forth yeah. with like no real yeah. logic. And it's the and entire goddamn song. It is not a snip and there's, it is the entire song and nothing happens except them dancing. <laughs> it, 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 the nightclub is entirely empty except for the, for the singer and, and the, 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 the couple. Entirely empty. Yeah. Oh, that's not uncomfortable yeah. at all. Yeah. It's so weird. Oh, Birdemic. How many times have you seen it, Kelvin? I've only seen Birdemic once. I think I've seen but it twice, but it's... Ooh, that and, like, oh, the Birdemic. weird... The birds just vomit green acid at people. <laughs> <laughs> like, where did that come from? No, the, the CGI birds are the best thing Oh, ever. my God. It, it's because a screensaver. Oh, uh, it, yes. It, it's, it's literally like a screensaver. Okay. The birds yeah. are just, like, moving their wings like this. Yeah, they're CGI birds. They don't follow any of the action of the camera whatsoever. They're just kind of stuck on the screen somehow. <laughs> a screensaver just killed me. And then, and then the characters are trying to... I don't know, drive them away with coat hangers or something, and... Yeah, like, that's the weapon. <laughs> the, the weapon is coat it's hangers. so terrible. Oh my god. It's a hotel room, so of course they don't have hooks on them, but, you know... It's so weird. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. It, it, they don't have hooks on them? They, they come out of a hotel room wielding a hotel coat it, hangers. It, it's, it's and just a it, little stub? <laughs> it's like a stub? That makes it more ridiculous. I know, right? <laughs> it, it, it's a great... It's one of those movies where every single frame of it is just... Oh my god! Mind <laughs> you can't even oh. commit an abortion with the coat hanger <laughs> like that. At the very least, <laughs> you you must defend yourself with an abortionable coat hanger. <laughs> I'm sorry. What the hell is that coat hanger gonna do? <laughs> this this podcast is brought to you in Rongo Sound. <laughs> oh, I went with Rongo's. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do that again, Kelvin, because I fucked it up. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you in Rongo Sound. I'll put, I'll put echo on that. Rongo Sound, Sound, Sound. <laughs> you could say Rongo Vision, but we've established that doesn't really work on the radio. Hey, that's not good radio. That's not good radio, Wendy. Okay, so Skidoo, Kelvin. Oh, Skidoo. Oh, okay, geez. so Skidoo. Skidoo. Okay. Otto okay. Preminger trying okay. to do a counterculture. Okay, hold on, hold on. Dear listeners... I have had too much wine, as we know. Duh. Mostly all the time. <laughs> I am just leaning back over here in a corner of the couch, just watching and listening to Kelvin and Melissa hold forth on these fucking bizarre movies that both of them have seen and loved. And I'm sitting over here just going, Whiskey Tango fucking what? <laughs> so I'm going to play the part of you and sit over here with my jaw agape and a look of bemused horror yeah. on my face. You are going to play the role of the companion Doctor Who. You're going to be explained at. <laughs> I'm going to be explained. I'll be over here. I'm here for you, though. Just so you know. Okay. okay. So, Skidoo. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, in the late 60s, Otto Preminger made a movie where... It was it was an attempt apparently to meld the mad 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 world world of comedy mm-hmm. 
with youth counterculture of the 60s. By the way, that sound was a fork that had just massacred a cheesecake. Yeah. Um, I'm sending you another picture, Melissa. This one's a good one. Awesome. <laughs> so, so Skidoo stars people like Jackie Gleason. Carol and, Channing. And Carol Channing. And... Mickey Rooney. Oh, God, such is a cast. Is she in yellow face? No. <laughs> Thankfully. Jo- Groucho Marx. Groucho Marx is uh, in it. John, oh, uh, what's, what's his name? Uh, the, the guy who, who, who played Diabolic and... John Law. John Law is in it. Uh, I love that. It's, 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 it's an insane... Yeah. It's like so, a, a generation of people doing basically an LSD sort of comedy who have no business doing this. Yeah, and it... There is a point in the movie where Jackie Gleason is in jail on LSD, hallucinating half-naked Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's an astounding thing. Um, there's also a Carol Channing striptease. There's also a Carol... Ch- yeah, holy God. <laughs> um, it, it, it is one of the most fucked up things I've ever seen in my life, it, and it's so wrong. It, 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 it It's... Ill-conceived in just, like, staggeringly mountainous ways. I mean, there's, you know, it's it's Ill, ill-conceived to the point where it's just epic. I, a lot of, well, I, the comment a lot of people I know say about it is that uh, Skidoo shows that Otto Preminger didn't understand the 60s. I, I would go farther. I would say it shows that Otto Preminger didn't understand comedy. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, what area should we, we go into now? Like, the, uh... Well, let's see. I'm trying to think of... Uh, we can... Maybe... We could discuss deathbed. Deathbed. <laughs> Deathbed's good. Well, no, deathbed's not good. Deathbed is the weirdest thing you will ever see. Deathbed was astounding to me. Okay, wait. Where did you see it? We saw it at B Fest. We saw it at B Fest in. Uh... Have you told the listeners what B Fest is? We oh, we should. Yes. So B Fest is a twenty-four hour movie marathon held in Chicago every year um, on the. Um, Usually the end of January. In the end, end of January, it's on the Evanston campus of University of... It's, it's at Northwestern. 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 And it's kind of in the student union. So you go into the student union on Friday night and you camp out for 24 hours. And the shittiest movies possible cross your eyeballs in the intervening time. And, um, and, and it's it's an interesting event in that it's okay to talk back to the screen. Oh yeah, it, it's it, it's very loud and and crazy and weird. Yeah, it it's encouraged that you participate in this event vocally. So it's it's kind of unique in that respect. Who yeah. took who the first time? Oh, Kelvin had been going a couple years, I think, when yeah. I joined him. Yeah, and then and then because Melissa has a hybrid, we take her car. Because yeah. Yep, we, we, we carpool and, and hang out with the people from the B-Movie message board. And, yeah, uh, it's people I've known online for uh, several years of other bad movie fans. Yeah, so we eat a lot of diner food that weekend, and it, it's lovely, actually. It's a, it's a great, ton I, of fun. I love that weekend. And, um, yeah, the they just motor through these terrible films, and there, there are these weird little... Um, rituals that take place um they always of, show plan nine from outer space at midnight yes every single year always plan nine from outer space at midnight and it's like rocky horror picture show there are lines that are traditionally said at different places like um whenever it's they're filming whenever it switches from like night shooting to day shooting everybody shouts day night if day it's, if it's night. Be- Bella Lugosi, show Bella, and if it's uh, Ed Wood's wife's chiropractor with the cape across his face, you go not Bella. Yeah, and you just chant <laughs> and when, out. whenever the flying saucers show up, you throw paper plates. Yeah, everybody comes into the theater with stacks of paper plates, like a hundred paper plates, and they write and, like their own jokes on them. And stuff. Yeah, they're all decorated with sharpie marker. And then we wait. Do you come with stacks of paper? Yeah, I totally do. Okay. Yeah, Kelvin and I, the day before, or usually the day of, we sit in our hotel room and we just go, okay, what are we going to put on these paper plates? And we we just take a ton of Sharpie markers and decorate paper plates as fast as we can. So we come in with a stack of paper plates and we wait during Plan 9 from Outer Space until the UFOs appear on screen and then everybody in the theater flings their paper plates into the air and the theater just erupts in paper it is it is it, thousands of trees are killed just for this and it, it, it 
just throwing paper plates all over the place. And then when the UFOs disappear, everybody stops. And then you scramble around the floor and you pick up all the paper plates that hit you in the head and shit. And then you stack them all up and you, you look at whatever, what everybody else is putting on their plates and you save a couple, the cool ones. And then when the <laughs> UFOs appear again, you fling the paper plates into the air and it's delightful. <laughs> There's one person in the audience who, who, the the decorations and plates are so great that everybody just keeps them. He yeah. does these like stencil like art pictures of people who like died in the past year. Yeah, so it's it's like, like specific to that year, like when Tony Curtis passed away. Oh, nice. you know, it was he like, did, like a, nice a little, little a portrait of Tony Curtis. And, like, yeah, they're beautiful. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Going back to. Deathbed, the bed that eats. Oh, God. So, which we saw at, at B-Fest. B- B-Fest. I forgot where is, we were. Yes. Which is special in that, that the wearing a helmet short bus sort of way. weird, bizarre horror movie you've ever seen. Yeah. It is literally about a, a bed that is, I, I, I always get this a little confused. It's not demonically possessed, but like a demonically possessed person had sex on it or something. Yeah. And then it turns into, like, a thing that literally consumes people who sleep in it. Yeah. So the bed is in, like, this abandoned house somewhere, and people just keep wandering into this abandoned house and sleeping on the bed or fucking on the bed or trying to fuck on the bed, and the bed just eats them. <laughs> they, 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 like, they, like, they get, like, sucked into the bed, like, ah! And, and, and then there's, like, a weird... their blood... No, kind not really. Of. There's 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 sequence there's scenes though that are like clearly in s- <laughs> some kind of acidic fluid where you see like Chicken skeletons bones. like what so it like dissolving. it yeah. like masticates them and yeah and yeah well it like absorbs uh, them in a pool of acid more like and the and, whole and the whole thing is observed by a guy who's trapped in a painting. Well, uh, so there's like, I know weird ass Dorian Gray shit going on here. What? Uh, There's like some guy who's been trapped in this painting for an eternity. And he's just sort of passionately observing people getting killed by the deathbed, and it's sort of narrated by. Him. Is this Japanese? It no, not to be. No, it's not. It's what? English language. What? Is, yeah, I know, right? And it has the pacing of like a drunk sea slug. <laughs> it, it is slow. It, it was really weird slow. for me. For me, it was really weirdly bizarrely compelling because it's exactly. Like dreams I've had. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I'm serious. I mean, just oh, like this weird kind of. Calvin, nobody is ever gonna date you. I know. I know. I know. Uh, I know. Oh, I but, have dreams about a deathbed. But what? No, I mean it's you know like like this this sort of like really weird kind of dream logic to the whole thing, and and there's this otherworldly quality to it. And, and actually, that does make sense for all that I mock you. Yeah, but and, seriously, but, don't tell that to girls. No. <laughs> But 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 no, actually, like one of my actually, favorite... actually tell that to them. If there's one that says yes, well yeah, yes, I agree. Yeah, that's the keeper. That's the keeper. That's the yes. one you okay. keep. Yeah, that's the one you keep. But but uh, the, the, like one of my favorite sequences is there's a, a couple who <laughs> sits on the deathbed and they're like picnicking with a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken and like wine or beer or something. Yeah. and then they get eaten by the deathbed and there is a shot. Of the Kentucky Fried Chicken being absorbed by the bed. <laughs> it's like, ooh, thank you. Ooh, chicken. Mm, chicken. <laughs> and it's like the, the logo was just like right was there. Was it Kentucky original or extra crispy? I, I, I think it was before they came up with it. It was filmed before the extra crispy. Oh, my God. Now happened. I kind of want chicken. I'm uh, hungry. Ooh. Wine does that to you. Being drunk does that to you. Let's be honest. Okay, yeah. talking about weird dis- digesting things, we should hit upon. <laughs> we should hit upon Beastmaster. Beastmaster, yay! Because Wendy can talk about Beastmaster. Hey, Beastmaster's on. <laughs> oh, did, do you know what TBS? T- okay, HBO stands for Hey Beastmasters on. Do you know what TBS stands for? No. The Beastmaster Station. <laughs> Beastmaster. It stars Mark Singer and uh-huh. his 
entire torso is <laughs> a special effect. I yes. swear to God. Yes. Oh my God. And oh. The, oh, and the mullet with the with the feathering of the hair and so the headband. Feather. And then there's Rip Torn with the pigtails and the little skulls on the end. <laughs> oh, oh, the skulls. Yes. Yes. I love Beastmaster so much. And he was born from a cow or something. Yes. Yeah, he was born yeah. from a That's cow. That's how he got his special abilities because they came in when his mother was pregnant. And then she and the witch was all like a oh, little blah 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 and blah 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 and they put like something across. Yeah, it was like luminol or something. You luminol know, across glows in the dark across yeah, the neck and on the, on the queen, just the queen though. Yeah. And she died because women always die because women are useless, as we've learned in movies. I'm not bitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, yes I am. And and so they move him into the the cow belly and then he's born out of the cow the witch like births him out of the cow look it's a human baby that came out of a bow a bow <laughs> came out of a cow a boy cow a boy cow <laughs> that's even worse they're not called Weird. steers they're called bows it's <laughs> even worse cow. Yeah, it is that's really good and she brings him out and she's like haha i'm going to brand your palm with the symbol of the temple and then I'm going to kill you and sacrifice you, and that will grant me power or kill somebody or something. Except she doesn't manage to kill him. I, don't, I remember that. Mm -hmm. Something happens, and he lives, and then he's kind of okay. But then because he was born out of a cow, he has special magical ability. Special. Special <laughs> magical abilities. I've been drinking special stuff. Special magical abilities to talk to animals. And it's just so great. Speaking and, and of yes. which, I need to drink more special abilities. Yeah. <laughs> and and, mm -mm. and so there are these animals that follow him around. And there's this black tiger. I don't know why the tiger has to be black. But they dyed that poor tiger Oh, black. yeah. And then, like, the dye kind of wears off. Because it's got to be a panther. It was black. Yeah. got a tiger and that poor tiger died because of the dying which poisoning. is so weird because it's not like it needed to be a panther to make sense because nobody was going to buy the verisimilitude of a of it's a, a tiger it's a, a fantasy tiger. it's a fantasy movie in some made up barbarian. where somebody is born out of a cow i think i'm willing to accept a cat a fucking tiger instead of a panther yeah yeah. God. But Why would it necessarily have to be a panther anyway? Why couldn't it just got, be a puma or something? It's got Tanya, whatever her name is. She was Roberts. A, Roberts. Yes, she was a Charlie's Angel. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. And she is why I dye my hair red. Wow. Really? It is true. Because her auburn hair in that movie is so gloriously... Glorious? It's beautiful and it's totally fake. I'm like, I want hair like that. And then I grew up... And I found out I could do that. <laughs> if you spend the money, you too can have hair like that too. But anyway, the, my tangent from Deathbed were the crazy bat people that ate people. Uh -huh. by, they they, they, they sort of up and, and... Yes, because we were talking about this. I uh, we totally did, yes. Yeah, and the bat... Okay, so the bed secretes things that absorbs people. Yeah. And then in Beastmaster, there are the bat people who are like, Hey! We're bat people and we're kind of evil and we're going to hug you and absorb you and eat you. Bones. Actually, I think they were more neutral rather than evil. I think they were neutral. Well, they're, they're pretty creepy looking. They are creepy looking. And they're like, we're really powerful and we'll eat you if we decide we don't like you. Which, let's face it, is scary no matter if you're neutral, evil, or good. Sure. If we don't like you, we're going to eat you. Sure. But... You're the Beastmaster with your magic thing on your hand, so we think you're cool, so you get this free token. Yes. <laughs> you they, get this here, free arcade token to play again. Here, here's your get-out-of-jail-free pass. <laughs> We're going to hand this to you, and we'll come in as some sort of, I don't know, deus ex machina? <laughs> here, and I'm the Beastmaster. Here, Hawk. Take this magic, I'd like to reset the game token, and fly <laughs> off with it. <laughs> so the bat people will come in and go, hey, with their jazz hands, I want to hug you to death. Oh, nom, 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 nom. And he's supposed to be the king, but then he's not the king. I did like this part of the movie, yeah. okay. right? That the kid, the little teeny, teeny curly yeah, or dark kid, kid, they're all like, 
well, he's going to be the king because he's the son of like basically the prime minister. And that's all the government we have less left after the king died. And then they're like, oh, wait. And then the black guy, who is John Amos. He is John Amos. From, yes, he is. Yep. Good times. And he's like, you. And he's also, of course, Admiral Fitzwallis from the West Wing. Yes. He At the very end, he's, he like grabs the Beastmaster's hand and sees the symbol on it. And somehow this lets him know that he's the actual prince of this entire realm. And he's like, you're the actual prince. And he's like, I don't but I like to talk to my animal friends. Okay, you can go and we'll just take the son of the prime minister instead. That's mm-hmm. all cool. What? <laughs> what? I love this movie so much, I can't handle it. Oh, we should talk about Hudson Hawk then. Oh, Hudson Hawk's good. Yeah, okay. Hudson Hawk. It, it, it's like a weird attempt to try and do sort of like a, a Hope Crosby road movie. Yeah. yeah. And it, But it's like... It's something that the audiences of the time would not understand. Like you only have to be a huge film the, geek to get like what they're trying to there, do. It is. It is Bruce Willis banking on his mid eighties cred, which was huge. Yeah, mm. I can make any movie what I, that I want. I'm going to make this movie, and yet the people who were Bruce Willis fans were not his target audience for that movie <laughs> at all. <laughs> and yet it's got Sandra. Um, Bernhardt. Bernhardt and Richard E. Grant. I know. Aren't they the best things in the world? I know. And they're so awesome and they're just chewing. They're chewing. They're salivating all over anything that will come within reach. They're just like, I'm, 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 I'm acting. I'm, 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 I'm. Oh, they're so great. Oh, they're so fantastic. It is such a ridiculous movie. I Even that movie is one of the few movies I don't mind Andy McDowell in. Yeah, because she's not taking herself seriously, it feels like. Yeah. She's, I mean, right down to the dolphin sounds, you know? The dolphin sounds <laughs> would make me kind of love her in that movie. And I love her in Groundhog Day, yep. and that's pretty much it. Yeah. I tolerate her in Four Weddings and a Funeral. She And I don't understand why he's willing to go through so much trouble for her. Mm. Anyway, but she makes dolphin noises, and I love that. And I love that they do, when they're trying to time out their heist, they're like, it'll take about uh, three minutes and 43 seconds. And they're like, well, clearly that would be this song then. That's how we're <laughs> going to keep ourselves synchronized through musical theater. <laughs> you really do need to read Richard E. Grant's book, What's With it? Nails. Oh. Because one of the chapters... Actually, I think several chapters are about making Hudson Hawk. Did he at least enjoy it? I don't want to hear... He has many stories about it. I don't want to hear that he hated it. It, it. it feels like he enjoys everything. Okay. Well, he, as he should, he, because he's got a great life. Yeah, yeah. He gets to show up and be awesome and things. They're like, who do we know who can show up and be British and smarmy and kind of cocky and awesome? Richard Grant. Let's put him in this. Yeah. And then he shows up and you're like, yeah. Yeah. Yay! We need we need to talk to Zardoz. Yeah. Zardoz, oh my god. Zardoz. One of the what things. Is, well, yeah, Zardoz. One of the things I find super compelling about Zardoz is is that I cannot stop thinking about it because I cannot come to any conclusions about it. <laughs> I can't decide if it's like just a really weird work of genius, if it's a totally horrible movie, if it's like a movie with good ideas that were just executed wrong. Why can't you I can't come to any conclusions about it. I think it's a terrible work of genius. Yeah. <laughs> it's a terrible work of genius. I will admit right now I've never finished it because I which, started it. Which is too bad because really the, the cherry on top of the Sunday is the final scene. Yeah, but first you have to get through the movie. Yeah. And we started and it is, I will say this, they are committed to their art. Oh, they are. Because that is incomprehensible at the beginning. I was very confused. Yeah. It, it's like part of the thing with Zardoz is that I think they used like really weird, arty, like early 70s psychedelic things to convey certain science fiction ideas that would normally be indicated with pretty straightforward special effects. Like, uh, he, he learns 
the computer zaps knowledge into them. Usually, like, like probably the standard normal way that would be done would be, like, a beam comes out of the computer, strikes you in the head. Yeah, zoom. Or, or, you know, something like that. Instead, what they do is they have, like, the bizarre montage of naked women with works of art projected on their bodies while they're reciting poetry and science equations. And, and it's this weird montage of stuff like that that goes on for, like, five minutes. Yeah. I mean, the, the real problem with Zardoz, talking about fateful findings oh, yeah. and poor editing is, wow, I'm not sure what's going on, but it's been going on for a while. It, it, it's clearly, it, it's such a product is of John Borman. Bo- it's John yeah, Borman. It it's is It's such John a product Borman. of John Borman's mind that he can't, like, even really But I love Excalibur. Yeah, no, he, Excalibur's great. John, John Borman is one of those directors who's, like, he's done amazing things and, like, Terrible things. He's all over the place. God damn it. Why yeah. can't you be consistent? What else? I, I, I love that we haven't said a goddamn thing about Sean Connery in his costume. <laughs> oh. Or the flying head. That's the least of the problems. <laughs> I know. That is the least of our problems. Although the, the gun John... is good. The penis is evil. <laughs> what, what, what? The gun and the penis are the same thing. Don't we know that? I thought we knew that. I thought we did. We're Americans. We know that. So... Just trust me, listeners, there is a whole series of movies out there. It Most of them are the step-up movies <laughs> that just keeps, they keep putting out a new one. And you just keep watching it because the dancing awesome and the yeah. rest not so much. Yep. Oh, I'm drunk. What's the Beast of Yucca Beast Flats? Beast of Yucca Flats. Is... It's, it's, it's uh, okay, it, it's literally... Less than an hour long. It's like 50 minutes long. Okay, so I like that because I don't have to commit to it. You watch it and it feels like three and a half hours. Well, that's not a selling point, Kelsey. It it has the ability to warp time. Okay, one of the the primary aspects of uh, the movie is that none of the dialogue was actually recorded on the film and there's no... It's all done with narration. Yeah. And, and, And it's like... This big, heavy uh, attempt at like philosophical points about man's inhumanity to to man, and like how man can't actually handle the responsibility of like nuclear power and stuff. But it's it's so terribly and confusingly conveyed. Like flag on the moon, how did it get there? This is a movie which it's. Stars a character that supposedly was a nuclear physicist, a scientist. Joseph Jaborski, noted scientist. He was supposed to be the, pl- <laughs> the plot. Is- I like that Melissa oh, just said physicist. The, 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 physicist. <laughs> the plot and- involves like a defecting Russian nuclear physicist who is played by Tor Johnson. What? Yes. Why yes. would you cast him? <laughs> So Tor Johnson, and he gets involved in a nuclear accident. He becomes the beast of Yucca Flats. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And and, and just the narration repeatedly goes: Joseph Javorsky, noted scientist. (laughs) A day like any other, you know that kind of thing. And then the the, the thing that the other line that really so there's no actual dialogue; it's all voiceover. It's all voiceover. Yeah. So whenever somebody. The, a character wants to talk, they kind of turn away from the camera so you can't see their face or lips, and then it's just all dubbed over. Oh my god. It's Calvin, bizarre. Yeah, yeah, it's like, Calvin's you know, face is you know, oddly gleeful. You know, it's like, I don't know why he did that, but it did. It's like, you know, woman actually, literally, there's like a case where like a, a wife actually like walks and her head actually goes out of frame, and, and it's just like, you know, darling, the wife says. The, the one line that really kills me is like, it, it, there's, a, there's a bit with a following a family, uh, vacationing in the southwest or something and and they like the kids go to a petting zoo and like the two boys get a bottle of soda and and there's like pigs in a, in a pen and they're just sort of dumping the pop into the pen and it's like supposed to be this huge metaphor of like mankind's decadence or something and the narration goes something like and the children feed soda pop to the thirsty pigs <laughs> and it's, it's done with this like pretentious thing and it's just <laughs> I, I am totally splicing that exact piece of audio into the episode. Boys from the city, not yet caught in the whirlwind of progress, feed soda pop to the thirsty pigs. So I'm hearing that you would 
recommend Yucca Flats? I think it's worth seeing it once, is. at least, just because it's yeah. so How many times have you seen it, Kelvin? Two or three. Only two or three. Something like that. But, but, um. What is the bad it, movie that you watch frequently? Ah. That's a good question. Megaforce? Uh, Megaforce would be way up there. Megaforce is a treat. Ah, Megaforce. Now that has Barry Boswick. Yeah. Yeah. And Prissy's Kambata. Well, there, there's so many great things in in Megaforce, and then so many like weird and inexplicable things, like the the cartoon hillbilly pig that just shows up in that one scene. <laughs> just random animated hillbilly pig. That I I love the first <laughs> the first time I ever watched it. Um, Wait, I've seen this film. I have no recollection. Of the animated hillbilly pig. It's like the the the. I feel like I need to watch this. Again. Megaforce is like sh- displaying their like awesome plan or something on on this like holographic uh, tabletop projector thingy. Uh huh. And at the end, it just stops and shows like a for some reason like an animated hillbilly pig like and like doing a pratfall. And Michael Beck laughs his ass off. <laughs> and, it, and and everyone else is just like, why is the, what the hell happened? Why did that happen? <laughs> like the it's rest the of us. It's the most random did. thing. So uh, what you're saying is that there is a direct connection between Megaforce and Xanax. There is. There is, and it's called Michael Beck. Michael Beck is in both. That that makes me very happy. <laughs> and the Warriors is in that triumvirate. <laughs> I know, right? He was an up and comer, and then he made Xanadu and Megaforce, and they went. <laughs> You're not so much an up-and-comer anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think Megaforce killed his career, if I remember right. Because <laughs> uh, that... I, I I love the first time I ever saw Megaforce, because Kelvin and I have this tradition that we've held for, like, a decade now. Yeah. Where we get together on... Uh, New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, and we watch shitty fucking movies together. And one of these wonderful New Year's Eves... Calvin goes, hey, I have a copy of Megaforce, and I'd never seen it. And he puts it in, <laughs> and we're watching this movie, and like the last five minutes of the film, Kelvin just turns around and just starts watching me watch the movie. <laughs> the ending of Megaforce the is ending is astounding. Like, I you can't have, believe it was filmed. I have no real memory of this film, but... I did see it in theaters. Oh, yeah. I remember Barry Bostwick. I remember the motorcycle with the jet propulsion. And I even remember the headband. Yeah. And the fluffy, like, hair. Oh, the the hair. And the the thumb kissing. The thumb kissing. The thumb kissing. And I have no real recollection beyond any of that other than I did see it. Those are the key points, honestly. I have just summarized Megaforce. Done! One of the things I love about B-Fest is, you know, since it's encouraged to talk back to the screen, they go apeshit over something that delights them. And it, <laughs> and it is perfectly acceptable to go apeshit in the theater. And watching Roadhouse with that audience was a special treat. Roadhouse is such a great film! I know! It was so Roadhouse is one fun. of those movies where I'm like, this is a stu- I should find this a stupid movie, but I don't. I'm so into this movie. It's I'm so, much so fun. randomly entertaining. Like, like we have. Okay, we need to improve our roadhouse so we will get the famous bouncer who will make our roadhouse better, and he will come in because he knows the ways of the roadhouse with his Zen mastering Tai Chi roadhousey. <laughs> Foo. <laughs> well, like the thing. What? I don't even know, but you're just like, I love it and I'm going to go with it. Then, and and then, then he brings his friend Sam Elliott. And then, and then you know, like. Sam oh, Elliott always makes things better. He's, oh, yeah. He's great. He's like rainbow sprinkles on a movie. But the, 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 uh, uh, the thing, like, they, they go to the Roadhouse, which is your classic grungy country blues bar with, like, the graffiti on the etched to the walls and all this stuff. And then they make it better, and it looks like a fucking high school cafeteria. Yeah. <laughs> when they're done. Yeah. This is our improved bar. And then, yeah, all the zen tough guy lines. Pain don't hurt. <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, it does. <laughs> so they call it pain. FYI. Maybe after we're done we can show this, but there's a online a super cut of Every face punch from Roadhouse. I need to watch that. Okay, you need to put that on the show notes. Yeah. And it, and it, you know, it starts off with the uh, 
cute little music. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just bam, bam. <laughs> They actually had some really good stunt people working on that. Movie. Okay, who is Tarkan? Tarkan versus the Vikings. That's so great. It's a. It's a. Okay, a, we we should we should hit upon that one because okay, it is all right. That will be our last one. Okay, Tarkan yeah. versus the Vikings. It's a Turkish well, action movie. Do you have wait? Do you have somebody queued up for us to read their questions? I do. All right, so we're gonna finish out, dear listeners. With Tarkan versus the Vikings, which apparently Kelvin is very excited about. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's one of his favorites. It's and amazing. then we will listen to some listener questions. What? No. I'll be over here on my pillows. Tarkan is some sort of medieval Turkish hero, and there are Vikings who are invading Turkey, and he basically fights them off. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Vikings, Vikings? invading yes. Turkey. And. As a costume, my friend, why are you wearing so much fur? It is so hot. And, and Wendy, as a customer, oh. you have got to see these Viking costumes. <laughs> Seriously, it's like someone took someone took a powder blue bath mat, <laughs> powder blue and pink, and like draped it over like a Turkish guy. Yeah, yeah. The 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 oh. they are the Vikings are made out of fun fur. <laughs> It's um, including their shields. Their shields are their fuzzy. Shields are They're bright blue and pink. Are you kidding? I am no. not fucking kidding. Oh my god! You know why they won? Because everybody just hugged them. <laughs> and, and Tarkan has a trained wolf named Kurt who gets killed and gets replaced by his son, uh, who is also named Kurt. Wait, the, the wolf son? The wolf son. The okay. Wolf son. And the wolf has flashbacks. The wolf has a revenge flashback. <laughs> the wolf has revenge flashbacks. <laughs> Where he sees the guy who killed his dad. And the do- and it's it's played by a dog. And it just has this, like, you got a biscuit for me kind of dog expression. Yeah. But, but there's this, like, dramatic music. And, like, it fades into, like, the scene of his father getting killed. Like, he's having, it's the dog, the wolf is having a revenge flashback about the guy who killed his dad. <laughs> And then, and then there's the octopus. <laughs> oh God! There, someone's getting getting sacrificed, like tied to a stake in in the ocean. And a giant octopus is attacking, and it's it's a fucking inflatable octopus that just inflates. The way it surfaces, it, they, clearly they're just pumping air into it. And it's just inflating very slowly <laughs> over the top of the water. <laughs> It's some some fabulous lines of dialogue like, oh, you so you have another wolf. You have doubled your invincibility. (laughs) You have have doubled doubled your your invincibility. We have had a great time talking about terrible movies that Melissa and Kelvin love and that (laughs) I am it's sort of oddly fascinated by like a train wreck. This was worth it just to watch Wendy's uh, parade of facial expressions. (laughs) It was entirely worth it. But now it's time for our listener questions. Yes. Mm -hmm. Melissa, who are you? Well, this email says, I am Michael Kingsley. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, Michael Kingsley has responded to our... Hi, Michael! Yes. Okay, hey, what do you do? Claims data processor at Rust Consulting. They consult Rust? Well, okay. All right, then. That certainly sounds like somebody who needs to listen to podcasts during the day. (laughs) What is in your personal pleasure dome? Big screen TV on one wall with the rest of the dome comprised of a model train layout set up Adam's family style. Complete with all the extras needed to drive trains off an elevated track, melt stuff, set up head-on collisions, and most importantly, a plunger to blow stuff up. Gomez Adams had the best model railroad layout ever. I concur. That is amazing. That is brilliant, Michael. Second only to Dan Aykroyd's character, Nothing But Trouble. (laughs) You are a horrible human being, Calvin. You are a terrible human. <laughs> God damn it. Do I need to hit you again? <laughs> oh. It's for your own good. But, but it delivers hot dogs and condiments. 
<laughs> it does. It's true. Yeah, okay, I'm leaving. No, you're you don't exist right now. I just, <laughs> I just want to congratulate Michael on an excellent addition to the concept of yes. a pleasure dome that has nothing to do with Dan Aykroyd's character and nothing but trouble. Yes, right. So, Michael, we could have just talked about that for ages. No. We could have a whole episode bitching about that movie. Oh, what a All terrible right. movie! Michael, what is your contribution to the communal pleasure dome? The ghastly love of Johnny X. It has the distinction of being the lowest grossing theatrical release of 2012. Oh, that's a <laughs> distinction. Yes. I, I screened this film at Minicon 49 in April 2014. It's a sci-fi rock and roll musical, and it is just awesome. For a quickie overview, see this blog post, and there is a link that we'll put in the It's a sci-fi notes. rock musical? I know, right? I'm Why there. didn't we hear about this? I, how yeah. have I not known this existed? The Ghastly Love of Johnny S. That's a great title. That's a it great is. title, too. Seriously, we should have like a communal viewing of this. Yeah, we okay. should. So, listeners, thank you for joining us on this odyssey through <laughs> rivers of crap cinema. Emphasis on odd. <laughs> yes. Did you say craft cinema? I, craft. I think I said crap, crap cinema, I thought. I think that's what I, I was going for. I think you said crap cinema. I'm pretty sure I... I like the idea of craft cinema. I, I there's think, hipsters brewing these movies or I something. Think, I, I think Wendy is drunk listening. <laughs> I'm a little drunk. <laughs> Shut up! It was a tie. So... Uh. <laughs> So, oh my god <laughs> what a crazy night oh listeners thank you for joining us and, and enduring with us and, and hopefully you enjoyed some of our aghast pauses oh and exclamations I will oh, oh I will thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at XanaduCinema.com, follow us on Twitter at XanaduCinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I only did that because I love you. Can't you see that? This podcast is brought to you in Rongo Sound.